I'm sitting in the subway station. Manhattan is my destination. On that dirty train, each day I live is much the same, and I think, what can I gain living in this endless game? Homeward bound, I wish I was. Homeward bound, home to Jerusalem, home where my heart is lying, home where my destiny waits silently. Welcome back to Homeward Bound. It's the show all about Aliyah, making the dream a reality of moving to the Holy Land of Israel. My name is Egal Siegel. I'm here on the Nahum Siegel Network with Homeward Bound, a show sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. That's nbn.org.il for all the information you need about making Aliyah. Or you can call 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4-ALIYAH. All right, it's my pleasure to welcome to our show, Homeward Bound, our good friend Mark Rosenberg, who is the director of Prealiyah for Nefesh Benefesh. Mark, welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, uh, director of Prealiyah, that kind of gives us an idea of what you do, but why don't you describe us exactly what your role is and what the Prealiyah department does in Nefesh Benefesh? Okay, well, there's three, three fundamental departments here. The, the, I guess the last is helping support people once they've made Aliyah. It's just a practically the advice, the resource, employment department. Um, the middle department, which gives us the information and assistance to help people overcome bureaucracy, obstacles, licensing issues, and some of that happens before Aliyah. And the pre-Aliyah department is all of the resources that go into advising, inspiring, and facilitating people to make sure they have all of the information documents necessary to get to Israel. It's from the short term, from people within the six to nine months before the making Aliyah, and the people who are planning three, five years, or Mashiach planning for their Aliyah. <laughs> so, basically, the second that someone picks up the phone and calls Nefesh Benefesh that first time, that's your responsibility. It's your department's responsibility to take care of them from that moment until they land in Israel. Correct. We're, we're built to engage everyone from the moment that they want to have questions to submitting the application. So we have a call center that works 9 to 5 East Coast hours. We have um, application uh, management that makes sure that all the information that's being submitted gets attached. Um, and that all comes together within the pre-Aliya department, giving what's just technical support, you know, getting those birth certificates together, the marriage certificates together, right. as well as the, the practical advice, what schools you're going to send your kids to, um, housing information, how to transfer your uh, medical license over to Israel. Um, and that is a lot, of, a lot of planning. We have about 21 people working on it. Wow. Um, and it's really, I, I, I'm proud to say, the heart of the organization because there's about you know, thousands of people who are in that planning process, um, and each of them needs us, I mean, there are groups of them, but need specialized care, so we really work hard to calibrate our assistance to each of those needs. So, so understanding in terms of the, the process that happens, when someone picks up the phone and calls the call center, are they assigned, is that family or that individual assigned to a specific person, or is it that your department as a whole deals with them as they come? Well, we're split into really two focuses. The first is the people who are actually applicants. 
um, again, whether they are planning to come in this summer, summer 2014, that's when the big the big groups of Aliyah come, most people like to end the school year before they come. Right, right. Um, or people are in the stages of asking questions, coming to meetings. So if you are an applicant in calls, and then there's more likely that there are there's someone who's specifically assigned to your Aliyah application, which you know called the Aliyatik, um, and they are working together with the Jewish agency to make sure that the person is going to meet their anticipated date of Aliyah. If you are filling out questions, uh, you're not sure, you heard, you were inspired, whether it was from a video, whether it was from a speech, whether it was from the Parsha, whatever you're inspired to think about actually coming to live in Israel, then we have a group of people who are focused to give content, to give responses, to make sure that you're going to be nurtured and given the the honest answers that are going to allow you to move to the next stage, which is really putting your application, getting approved getting your ticket and landing at Ben Gurion Airport. Now, one of the things that uh, Nefesh Ben Nefesh has done over the years, which I personally think is a, is one of the special things that they do, is bring bring people to America, to Canada, to meet with individuals and to meet with families, to give them personal guidance mm-hmm. one-on-one, wherever, whatever stage they're in. Like we mentioned, that people might be thinking about summer 2014. People might be thinking three years from now. So does that, that falls under your department, sending people to the, to the states to meet with people individually? Correct. I mean, it, it, it is, well, I think one of the integral parts of Priyali advisement is being able to give those resources. Our staff is based in Israel, and we're able to give, not just, I don't mean rip from the headline news, but we're living. My children are in the school. Um, my friends, my family are on the job search or are on the employment scene here, and we're able to travel back. Um, and, and give presentations and give um, one-to-one meetings, give people counseling where they are. We have Skype meetings, make it easier for some people who have a hard time getting out, um, answering tons of emails that come in. And I mentioned the call center before. So all of the programming that we do in North America, whether it's our major event that we do in March um, or smaller events in your shul or community, um, are, are targeted to make sure that people are getting that assistance um, and, and an inspiration. Okay, so uh, let's just touch on the website for a second because I know that's an essential part of of this pre-Aliyah planning process where people have specific questions about benefits for, for, for their situation, for uh, whether, it's, uh, whether it's families, whether it's individuals. Is that something that if they have a specific question that there's a way through the website before even contacting a live person that they're able to search for information on the website? Definitely. Uh, it's our library, and I know that most people don't go to libraries anymore. I still take out – I'm actually <coughs> taking out books on my, my e-reader from my library in New Jersey. So you're able to do that. Um, the website really is an incredible assistance. If you think – it's amazing how much the Internet has changed our lives. I remember that when I came to, to my year in Israel, um, it, there were no websites to get information. You had to really just call and call and call and just try to get a speaker and person that would be able to answer your question. So there's a good chance that if you type in our search engine, um, how do I make Aliyah, what do I need, what's the best community to live in, that there are going to be articles that are going to be, or databases that are going to be able to answer those questions. So it is a great go-to place. We call it the Aliyahpedia. It's the encyclopedia of Aliyah questions. Um, But there's a lot of resources there that will be able to do it. And we pride ourselves on updating it so it has up-to-date information. For example, the government gives uh, assistance for people to become recertified, get a certificate um, in lots of different professions, and the funding was just renewed by the government. So we make sure that it's up-to-date, that it just as of this date, it is, you are available to get the 7,000 shekels to get a new air conditioning repair license or computer programming license. So whether it's the communities, the facts, um, the context of people's names to ask questions to, we want to make sure that it's up-to-date and accessible for everyone um, who, who sometimes 
sometimes feel shy to come out to events or they're so busy that they don't have that ex they don't have the time to come out on a Sunday afternoon to an event that um, there's more more likely they're going to be able to get their answer there. Oh, it's good to know and especially the fact that you update it so frequently because I'm assuming just based on my knowledge of living here and, and having worked here before that there's a lot of changes that happen in terms of whether it's benefits or laws when it comes to licensing and stuff like that so you have to be ahead of the curve in order for to have the proper information available to people who are looking at the website. So uh, it's good to know that you update it so frequently. We do, and I, I want to give uh, respect to my colleagues. I mentioned the government advocacy department. So they don't just help Olim um, or potential Olim who have questions about how to get their license here or you know they're having trouble proving that their marriage happened, which, which often happens with these bureaucracies. But they are actually lobbying the government and lobbying these bureaucrats to make sure that there are changes that will help Olim. There was just a great change just last week, uh, two weeks ago, um, regarding um, psychiatrists, which is heavily regulated in Israel to make it easier for them to transfer their license here. And this is something that we're working on to solve these small stumbling blocks from the 1950s and 60s requirements that are going to make it easier for people to transfer their skills. One more anecdote for you. Um, re um, nurse practitioners, uh, a burgeoning field, no, no, I, mean, right. I think it's already burgeoned in America, right, um, right. is still just on the cusp now where it's going to be recognized. So a lot of people say, oh, I want to make Aliyah, and you know what holds me back is feeling fulfilled professionally, and I, I found my calling as a, as a nurse. So what, what they're able to do is now update them that within the next year or so, we're going to actually see this as a recognized, a recognized practice, and therefore those, the, those, uh, those nurse practitioners are going to be, have an easier time making Aliyah, and that's our number one goal in Nefesh. Well, so that's great, because I mean, this, that's the, the specific purpose of this show, is to give you a voice to be able to get to our listeners and to tell them this type of information when it comes, when it's a breaking news uh, report, that something like this is so important. Uh, for people who are nurse practitioners who are looking to make Aliyah and have felt that they can't because mm -hmm. of professional restrictions, this is obviously something important, which on an ongoing basis, I don't know if it's going to be you, I hope it is, because I love talking to you, <laughs> but uh, we're going to have either on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, we're going to have updates about this that we're going to broadcast. And uh, you know, now, today, what I wanted to do is get a general idea of what uh, pre-Aliyah is and what you cover. But as the weeks go on, we're going to have specific conversations about specific uh, job market uh, uh, possibilities, specific communities. I wanted to, to talk about communities. We're here talking to Mark Rosenberg, who's the director of pre-Aliyah for Nefesh Benefesh, uh, here on Homeward Bound on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, Mark, I wanted to ask you about communities. Uh, one of the things I think that uh, people really struggle with to, to an extent, unless they have family here already and they have a pretty good idea, they've visited Israel often, they have an idea of where they want to be. You know, some people, when they first come here, oh, I have to live in Yerushalayim. I have to live in Yerushalayim. There's, not, there's mm -hmm. nothing else. I have to live in Yerushalayim. And then when they come here, they realize that there are other areas of the country which, you know, are, are possibilities for them. It's not, it's not crazy for an Anglo to move to the north now, as we see that uh, Nefesh Benefesh has the Go North program. It's not crazy for, for people to, to live in the south, for people live in other areas of the country. Is this, when it comes to communities, how, how much does uh, Nefesh Benefesh get involved in researching this for the potential Ole, and, and, and where is that information available? Is that through your department? Um, it is available through us. Uh, we have a great resource on our website, uh, a database that has a lot of information collected as well as context of people in the communities that you can connect to. Don't trust Nefesh Benefesh. Speak to people who actually live in the communities. We have uh, professionals on our staff who are um, specialized in, in staying on top. They're the ones who work and built, built, the, built the database, but make sure they can give personal counseling on it. 
Um, the answer is really not enough, though, because there's always what's next. There's uh, people are always looking for the next Yad bin Yamin, or uh, just go back a little bit. The next uh, Frat, or the next Modi'in, the next place where uh, swarms of Beit Shemesh, swarms of anglers are going to go to to make it easier for them to go to. And we're trying to stay up on those trends because it's happening so fast. You mentioned the South, um, Beersheba is becoming uh, a very hot place for Olim to go to. Um, I don't just mean temperature-wise, <laughs> but um, it is becoming more of interest because of the accessibility now by the roads and the infrastructure that's going there. It's only about an hour and 15 minutes from Jerusalem and the train goes to, to Tel Aviv um, as well as the north. We have brought over a thousand Olim to the north um, over the past few years and that's shifting an impact on some of these communities and some of the schools where people are, are sending their children. I think I just want to take a step back, Egal, and say that it's really important especially the focus of, of, of this conversation is that um, many people choose their communities in America based on specific factors and, be, and that totally changes when you move to Israel right? because the school system is I, I was just telling someone, send your schools to public school in Israel, it's like it, the connotation is different because the, the semi-private schools the private schools, the public schools offer different options for people and the affordability is, is, is quite different on right. your budget, 100%, so right. um, th- those, be, those become factors and it's different w- depending on your background, whether you want to live in an integrated community, a mixed community, which doesn't mean Jewish and not Jewish. It means religious or not religious, or different kinds of religious, or Ashkenazi versus Sephardi. So the different elements that come together in choosing a community need to be real. And I just want to address one more point that you said. I think that a lot of people, through, through really a sense of goodness, objectify their experience to coming to Israel. They've come to Israel, but they really came on a trip. They came on a trip, and, and they had that experience. They didn't actually go to the supermarket and think, okay, is this serious? Is Honey Nut Cheerios here too much? There's been just heard about this huge sale over at Rami Levy on Raisin Bran, and people <laughs> were like, oh my goodness, it was like 10 shekels less, and so people were going to buy it. There's a difference between saying, oh my goodness, I'm going to buy Honey Nut Cheerios in Hebrew because it's, it's a novelty. When people are coming here, they're saying, okay, is, is Jerusalem really the place that I really want to live? And, it, and if I put my roots down here, what is it really going to mean for me? Um, and therefore, it opens up a possibility, and I think a deeper sense of love for all of all of all of Israel. Not just you know, I love Yerushalayim. I, you know, I love my, my, my where my family lives or the experience that I had when I studied in Israel. It gives them a a, a, a platform to research where are they going to really build their family. And that's the essential question about choosing a community because I know where my brother and sister live. They really thought about you know the people, the community, the commute. Uh, that those practical things do come into that ideology. It is difficult. It is individual for each person. So we want to make sure that everyone has the proper information. We suggest people come visit, talk to people, spend Shabbat in there, travel around, go to the supermarket. So you still, in other words, the idea of what we used to call a pilot trip yeah. is still, even though with the internet and with the the ease of communication, like you mentioned before, Skype, mm-hmm. where you can, I know that I showed my mother my apartment here in Israel mm-hmm. and I, I knew she wouldn't be able to see it because of Skype. There's these ways of us seeing things which before we couldn't see without actually visiting here. So you still advocate, Nefesh Benefesh advocates, the, the importance of, of making a trip here before you actually make, make your uh, official move. 100% yes, but it's different. As opposed to just getting here and like with your compass right. and your map trying to figure out where to go, you're able to do so much online research and set up meetings that if you even come for a, le- for a smaller period of time, you can have it action-packed that you're meeting with this person, not to mention the professional opportunities that happen when you come on a pilot ship. But you come and you're able to really see and integrate. Um, uh, one of the great things that you have is 
Okay, Beit Shemesh, for example. There's many different neighborhoods within Beit Shemesh. Right. Which is really going to be the best, best place for you? I live in Yerushalayim. And like, which really part is going to be a sense of um, community for you? How much are you willing to walk or, or, you know, or send your children on, on, a, on a bus to, to school? So by actually seeing it with your eyes, concretize it. And it's a great investment. If one person goes of $2,000, $3,000 for those few days or a week that you're going to be able to come on the future. I just want to make another point. is my wife's family, share, share my personal details here. <laughs> my wife's family made Aliyah in 1987. Um, and 40 families from North, North America made Aliyah around that period of time. And they all went to a Merkaz Klitsa, an absorption center. Right. Okay? North American families are not going to absorption centers anymore. They're right. not taking government housing. Therefore, they're able to close the deal and rent apartments and houses through visits or online and see. And, and it's just so much easier to connect that way. But if you really want to manage your expectations and, and invest in your successful Aliyah, then the pilot ship is such a great ingredient. Now, if you were here last year and you did all that research, I'm not telling you to come right now. Um, and plus, if you have family here, they're able to run around for you. Right, Trust me, I've right. run around a lot for cousins. <laughs> I just had a meeting right now with a cousin who was coming in to ask me some questions about Aliyah. I'm not saying which ones because a lot of them listen to the show. <laughs> um, but I want to make sure that, that that's, par that's part of the process by coming here. It, it really does change your impressions with eyes not just of saying it's wonderful to be here, the holidays are great, but can I really live here? Can I be successful? And that's the essential goal of a pilot trip. Right. It seems to me that uh, in terms of a, of a pilot trip, that really, I guess, the number one uh, priority on a pilot trip is the community, in other words, wh where you want to mm -hmm. put down roots. And obviously a part of that is that, which is another priority, is, the, is employment, in other words, where are you going to work? Uh, obviously, we have uh, Olim who work at home or work on the internet or, or fly back to the States and work, whatever it is. So, that, you know, where they live is mm -hmm. not that important in terms of their employment opportunities. But there are other people who are looking. And you mentioned before the ease of travel to Beersheba. I'm sure that you're seeing um, in general, especially with your Go North program, the, the fact that it's so much easier to get around the country now. Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's through Highway 6 or now the building of more uh, railroad tracks, or that, that that issue is becoming less of an issue. People will say, oh, I have to work in Tel Aviv, so I have to live around the Tel Aviv area. It's not, uh, it's not so uh, difficult to get to Tel Aviv from Ramat Beit Shemesh or Beit Shemesh. Your family and friends in the New York area often commute at least sometimes an hour. Right, exactly. It, it, it's a very normal thing to do. Right. So why not, why not bring, that, bring that ability here right. for people? And the infrastructure is really, uh, really right. progressing. And as we go uh, through the weeks to come on Homeward Bound, what we want to do is, is discuss specific communities and specific uh, employment opportunities so people can get an idea, like you just mentioned, about psychiatrists and about nurse practitioners. That's the type of information we want to get across here on Homeward Bound. Uh, once again, we are speaking to Mark Rosenberg, the director of Pre-Aliyah for Nefesh Benefesh. Um, if anyone is interested in getting in touch with Nefesh Benefesh, the best way is through the website nbn.org.il or 8664-ALIYAH, 8664-A-L-I-Y-A-H. If anyone has a specific question for Mark... Please email me. Oh, Mark, M-A-R-C, at nbn.org.il. Uh, again, at the website, you can find um, a staff directory. If you're looking for a specific question, whether it's a, a benefits question, uh, Mark mentioned before about government benefits, um, anything like that you can find on the website you can send a general email to anyone in Nefesh Benefesh it'll get to the right person but you might be able to find the specific person who deals with that question that you have I want to deal with um, uh, as we go further um, we want to talk about we want to talk to Mark a little about the army uh, one of the fascinating things that I've seen just as a, an outside observer over the last few years is 
that it used to be, at least in my day, that someone would come to study here in Israel or spend time in a kibbutz mm -hmm. and then make a decision that they want to stay here. So they're at this stage in life, 18, 19, 20, that if they want to stay here, they have to go to the army. And they go to the army because you know, that's, that's the next step in terms of becoming a citizen of Israel. What we've seen now, and, and this is something which uh, you have a better perspective of than I do, at least what I think is something of a phenomenon, that you have people who are coming straight to the army without having spent extensive time in Israel. Maybe they took a birthright, birthright trip, or maybe they just took a family trip, whatever it is, a, a couple of times. Um, and, and because of whether it's their families who are extremely Zionistic, or their schools, or their communities, whatever it is that inspires them, they make a decision that they're going to come to Israel, and the first thing they do when they get off the plane is they are inducted into the army. I know my brother Nachum was, uh, was here in the summer. He came on the, uh, sure. the flight in the summer, and he was with, I think it was over 100. 130, yeah. And they all went to the army directly. They're actually drafting this week. Right, so they, or at least they started the process immediately of getting into the army. So this is something which, first of all, I assume, again, through pre-Aliyah, this is something under your purview. Right. Uh, what I've noticed also, and I've heard and seen, is that Nefesh Benefesh has become extremely involved, not that they weren't involved beforehand, but extremely involved with the support of uh, someone who's a single person who's coming, uh, what's called in Hebrew, Chayal Boded, someone who doesn't necessarily have family here, uh, that they're very involved in supporting that person in terms of as they're getting into the army, while they're in the army, and even afterwards in terms of being there for them, um, in terms of any, anything that they need. Question is um, the pre-Aliyah department as as a department. How much how much are you seeing this as an increase? Is it something that I'm just seeing, you know, from my perspective, or is there really that big of an increase in terms of people being interested in coming here and going directly to the army? I agree that there's been an increase. I agree that as an observer as well, I moved here when I was 25. The army did not want me, um, so <laughs> it's very interesting to see this observation. I think there's a, a few factors at play. The first is that you see. Um, a lot of uh, uh, increase of children of Israelis who are coming back between the ages of 19 and 21 who want to serve. And I always like to point out this, that the Israel that their parents left, okay, 20 years ago, Israel is a very different place. First of all, the army, there was no cell phones in the army 20 years ago. So their ability to be in touch with people and have that sense of, sense of uh, purpose being so far away from the family is much easier. The second is the army's flexibility. Um, I think in general, Israel's bureaucracy has become more flexible. So where it was this gray area, are they going to nab you at the airport if you spend a year or two studying here between the age? They're very communicative and very flexible if you want to come and study here, if you have an Israeli background or not, to give you a period of time and explain to you, uh, advise, advise you whether you would have to serve and, and how your physical profile might, be, might enhance your service. But the final thing is, I think that there is an increased desire amongst young people, um, and I think you see this by people wanting to take a year off um, after high school or wanting to take a year additional to serve, whether it's service learning or doing something around the world, you see an increase of people who want to give um, to something rather than just continue on the normal path. Of all the single people making Aliyah, there's about, about 1,400 singles who made Aliyah between the ages of 18 and 30 last year. About 65% of them come in the category of traditional non-Orthodox Jews. And a lot of them are going to the army. So whereas you, when I think about, oh, kids who go to day schools, conservative Orthodox, of course they're indoctrinated with this idea of the army or serving Am Yisrael, you see a lot of people who are getting the spark to come to do it. I think it has a lot to do with the Massa programs. People are coming and studying here on programs. Um, and, and we definitely see a, a bumper crop of birthright people who are coming back and getting that itch and saying they want to serve. 
but the army is one of the ways that people integrate in Israeli society. And I think there's a maturity within Israel that's, you know, it's not, not the only way, and you, you're never going to be Israeli if you don't do the army, but I think that a lot of people are embracing this mature way to come and, and volunteer. I admire them, especially the people who come as lone soldiers, as Chayalim Bodedim. It is quite difficult, and therefore it's, uh, I think, a worthy mission that Nefesh Benefesh is partnering, partnering with um, organizations that are giving them additional care packages and additional support. And my job is to make sure they understand what it really means to be bossed around by a 19-year-old, not to get out <laughs> for the weekend. All those things that, you know, baby wipes are the key to the Israeli army because you don't get the shower so often. Um, <laughs> to really understand all these fancy terms that go in all these abbreviations they use in the army so that, that their expectations are really clear to them. Um, again, that, I think that's really one of the keys to having a successful ally is just you know what you're getting involved in so that there's not surprises. I've had conversations where I've had to like remind people that you know it's not a game to serve in the army, that, that it's I, I, almost the point of dissuading them to make sure that they really are going to be um, like ready for the challenge. Well, I think that's definitely one of the concerns that I know I would have as a parent that uh, the reason that <clears throat> my child might want to go to the army, especially if they're based in America, is because, you know, of the adventure part of it. And there's no question there's an element of truth to that, which is one of the reasons that one of the things we want to do in our show is to follow uh, a person who came from America who's coming and has went into the army and kind of be in touch with them as they go through the army process to be able to not only communicate to interested parties who want to go to the army from the states but also to the parents of these of these kids and to, mm -hmm. to show them what exactly they're going to be facing, who's there to help them, who's there to, to be support system for them. I think, I it's, think a it's a great point. idea. I think you'll watch this young person mature before your ears on this program. <laughs> it's, you'll hear them talking about, oh, it's Gunga, and then you'll see this level of respect come out to the colleagues, and the Army is just so very aware of that process that they're taking young people and turning them not just into soldiers, but they're turning them into uh, menches. That it really is one of the goals. It is really a very Jewish Army, and they really try to see everyone as an individual, and uh, therefore that gung-ho spirit is very different than going off to the U.S. Army for a period of time. I mean, my grandfather served in the U.S. Army. I have a lot of respect for those people who are volunteering and serving, but it's a very different experience to make that choice and, 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 and move and be far away from your family. I think it's, it's a great idea to hear what it is like that everyday decision to have to, you know, whether it's, you know, giving up uh, your free weekend or your holidays uh, to be on base and, and to, to protect Am Yisrael. Um, and they're, they're, I, as I mentioned, I have a lot of admiration for the sacrifice of the time that they're doing, um, two or three years of their life, depending on their age. Um, but it is, it is an incredible tzchut, a merit that I have to sort of just hear those stories. And I think it's a great idea to share with your audience. Yeah, so we look forward to that, and we hope uh, we hope we can start that segment in the next couple of weeks. Uh, for information about Nefesh Benefesh, again, the, the website, nbn.org.il, or if you want to call, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-ALIYAH. Uh, again, we're speaking to Mark Rosenberg, Director of Pre-ALIYAH for Nefesh Benefesh. Mark, uh, one of the things that we mentioned uh, in the past was the idea of uh, being able to meet with somebody in uh, in America or in Canada, uh, also in England, I should say, we have uh, uh, a department that, that deals specifically with people who want to make Aliyah from Great Britain. We wanted to just uh, mention to the people who are listening, let's say, I don't know, for example, I live in Kansas City, and probably you don't have someone traveling through Kansas City that often. But first and foremost, if someone lives in Kansas City, 
Um, how can they, where can they find information about anyone who might be in the area within, you know, driving distance or even some people I know have flown mm. to uh, meetings with Nefesh Benefesh staff. Where, where can we find that information on the website? Um, you definitely, first of all, we have an online calendar of our, of our events all across North America and England, as you mentioned. Um, but you're all, all, I really encourage you to contact me because when we get um, people who say, hey, I want to host a chugbayit on Aliyah, I want a, an open house. Um, we often do that. I actually have been to Kansas City specifically for an event and meetings. Um, and we often enjoy the opportunities to go to these shuls, um, go to the community centers, and share our message about the possible life in Israel. Um, and then we'll be able to build that. And those are some of our more successful programs because it really comes from the grassroots of people. Um, it is really amazing. I did an open house in Philadelphia. Actually, I'm a, it's, it's where I'm, I'm from. I grew up outside Philadelphia. And there were about 25 people who showed up. And except for the two couples that came from Cherry Hill who drove into Philadelphia, no one else who came to some of us knew each other. They came from this synagogue and that community, and they came together that one evening. And by the end, people were sharing, sh exchanging numbers and sharing the message. So there really is a bond that comes together. And it's just in communities of people who have a, a singular purpose or something, uh, something very special. And I'm sure Nachum can tell you, one of the most amazing parts about being on the Aliyah flight in the summer is you walk down this aisle of about 250, or the jumbo jet, 350 people making Aliyah, and you see all of Am Israel. You see conservative, reform, orthodox, old, young people that all have one thing in common is the direction of going home to Israel. So it's, it's one of the great things about these events. It really pulls um, the right people together. So if you have an idea or if you'd like to do an event, please contact our office. Contact me. Ask for me specifically, Mark Rosenberg. And we would love to organize something in your community that's able to share the message um, and make it possible for you to build your plan to make, uh, make Aliyah. Okay, so there you have it. Again, Mark's email is mark, M-A-R-C, at nbn.org.il. Again, any information you need about Nefesh Benefesh, nbn.org.il. Mark just mentioned the online calendar aspect of, their, of the uh, website where you can look and see where possibly in your community someone's coming to either do one-on-one -on -one meetings or maybe a chugbayit or some presentation about Aliyah. All that information is on the website. And uh, Mark, I thank you for your time. It's great. Thank and, you. And I look forward to hopefully to speak to you in the future as we move along the weeks ahead. Uh, one of the things that we want to do, as we mentioned, is to deal with specific issues about employment, about communities, uh, about uh, schools, very important, the education of our children. So all these things kind of fall under your purview, so I'm assuming that uh, we'll see each other at least hear from you uh, sometime in the near future, and I thank you for your time. I would love it. Look forward to it. Have a great week, everybody. Okay, so uh, again, this is Yigal Siegel reporting to you with Mark Rosenberg from the Nefesh Benefesh offices in the beautiful Givachal neighborhood of Yerushalayim. This is Homeward Bound, and we look forward to speaking to you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Every day is an endless stream of disappointment, broken dreams. Mm. And each day looks the same to me, assembly lines and factories. And every stranger's face I see Reminds me that I long to be Homeward bound I wish I was Homeward bound Home to Yerushalayim Home where my heart is lying Home where my destiny waits silently for me Sing sad songs again Lament this world of pretend mm -hmm. But all my words come back 
to me This life of mediocrity Like emptiness in harmony I need Hashem to comfort me Homeward bound I wish I was